Hello, Podcasters, and welcome to episode 35. In this episode, we bust out the EVP meters and go ghost hunting in the haunted mansion. Alright, I'm kidding. We really didn't do that. But how cool would that be, right? Right? Uh, anyhow, I'm really excited about this episode because I was fortunate enough to sit down with Jeff Bam of DoomBuggies.com and the Nostalgia Podcast. Uh, we had a chance to discuss how and why DoomBuggies.com was created. He talks a little bit about his book, The Unauthorized Story of Walt Disney's The Haunted Mansion, which, by the way, if you're a Disney history fan or a Haunted Mansion fan, this book is totally worth getting. Uh, It's got a bunch of really great stuff. It really kind of captures everything that went on during the building of The Haunted Mansion. So uh, if you decide to get it, head over to podcasters.com slash episode 35 Click on the image of the book, and it'll take you over to Amazon using our affiliate link. You know, the book doesn't cost you anymore, but, you know, we get a few cents off of that to help the podcast stay alive and stuff like that. But, yeah, we discuss a bunch of other things like the possible return of the Hatbox Ghost and whether or not it's even a good idea to bring him back. And what would Walt Disney think of all the changes that are coming to the park? So it was a really fun and interesting conversation with Jeff. So I really, really enjoyed it. Remember that we are still looking for your own spooky experiences and ghost stories from around Disneyland. So if you are a current or former cast member, make sure that you call the Podcasters line at area code 626-506-2263 and leave us a message with your encounter or experience. Uh, Once we collect enough stories, uh, we're going to dedicate an episode to sharing all your stories with the rest of the Podcasters. So uh, I'm I'm curious to see how many people have actually experienced something. I, I think it'll be fun. So... Remember that you can find us by going to facebook.com slash While there, please make sure to hit that like button and drop it down to hit that get notifications thing so that you know when we're posting stuff. We are also at Podcateers on Instagram and the tweets. And of course, you can always find us at Podcateers.com where you can check out this and other episodes including achievements, a link to our gear page, and a bunch of other stuff. So... That's it. Uh, I think it is time to get on with the episode, so I hope you guys really enjoy episode 35 of Podcasters with special guest Jeff Bam. This is our podcast. It's about three guys that love Disney, technology, art, and food. This is Podcasters. What if they have free refills? I don't know. Maybe I should have asked. It'll be a question for later, obviously. <laughs> All right. Well, hello, Podcateers. I have the pleasure of sitting with Jeff Bam today. We are at what is this place called? The Tangaroa Terrace. Yeah, at Trader Sam. Casual Island Dining. Yes. I love it. At a fine burger. Yeah, and uh, Jeff had some Shrimp amazing tacos. looking tacos. Yeah, very good, very good. I wish uh, I wish I would have partaken in the taco ness, but my burger had bacon in it, so how it's could a tough, I refuse? Yeah, it's a tough call. How could I refuse? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Jeff. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on your show. Of course. So, uh, <clears throat> for the people that are unfamiliar with you, uh, Jeff is the proprietor of DoomBuggies.com. Yes. It is a website that is basically dedicated to talking about the history of the Haunted Mansion and all the Haunted mansion goodness that came along with building it. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit about how your love for the mansion came to be, Jeff. Yeah, well, uh, 
Well, DoomBuggies.com is kind of an old school fan site, you could say, back in the back in the '90s when I was a kid. They actually, I was already out of college in the '90s, but they uh, they had um, you know the internet was a bunch of GeoCities pages about your favorite band or your favorite, you know, <laughs> your favorite you TV show. Love the blinking yeah. text. Yeah, yeah, with animated GIFs and all yeah. that. So, um, you know, <clears throat> that's what I knew about the internet. And I knew, what I did know is I graduated from uh, art school with not a, a single computer class. So um, I knew I kind of had to know website design. So um, I decided to make myself one of these fan pages, and I chose the Haunted Mansion because uh, I had been a Disneyland fan for uh, pretty much my whole my whole life. I've been coming to Disneyland, so um, and I had up until that point collected a fair amount of information about the Haunted Mansion, um, little articles and this and that, and pictures and you know. So I thought ah, I can I can do that and teach myself some HTML. So that's kind of what started DoomBuggies.com. So. A combination of love of Disney, you know, just Disney history, and combined with a real need to actually learn how to, to do it, to do a website. So that was 1997, um, and yeah. So where are we at? 2000? I mean, 2015, right? right? So yeah. So that's a good 17, 18, going on 18 years. So yeah, it's been a long time. It's a good chunk of time. Yeah. Yeah. When did you have another website dedicated to Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah, that was later on. Actually, what happened was um, Doom Buggies was a, a, a success, uh, and um, Disney took notice, and they we did some collaborative things um, through its history. When it was only two years old, I think Disneyland had the 30th anniversary of the Haunted Mansion event here at Disneyland Park, and uh, they contacted me. This was when I was barely out of. Because I started the website on AOL, it was it was just like AOL.com slash homepage. <laughs> yeah, you've got mail. <laughs> you've got mail. Slash um, like <laughs> Chef Mayhem, I think, and it was and it was called Chef Mayhem's tribute to the Haunted Mansion. And uh, I I think just a few months after I bought the domain DoomBuggies.com, uh, Disneyland contacted me and they said, um, "We noticed you have this website, and we've been hearing a little bit of." You know, talk about it, and then, and would you be interested in kind of co-sponsoring, or not sponsoring, but cross-promoting? I guess you could say the 30th anniversary event at Disneyland. And I said, absolutely, I would be interested in that. So, um, what happened was they um, they were gonna they were gonna host this event in the Lincoln Theater, you know, the Opera House, and they were going to have a panel discussion about the Haunted Mansion and an art release where you could buy, you know, pieces of artwork and. Um, and they said, well, if you help us promote it, we'll give people that come with a special code through Doom Muggies, we'll give them a special print. Oh, cool. And uh, the first 250 people. Well, the first 250 tickets went, and then through Doom Muggies, and then a whole, like, it became a big thing. And so they had to move it from the Lincoln, the Lincoln's, Lincoln's Theater to the, um, the big Fantasyland Theater. Um, I keep wanting to call it the Wonder Bra Theater, but I know it's not. <laughs> you know, it's called something. <laughs> the theater in Fantasyland, Fantasyland Theater, I think. And so um, there were many more people. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know. They never really told me, oh, this is, you know, Doom Muggies had a hand in that, uh, or if it was just that people really wanted to go. I like to think we had something to do with it, you know. And then um, I'm kind of getting off track here, but Disneyland has collaborated with us quite a bit over the years. And so, to, Tell No Tales is what you're talking about, the Pirates right. website. 
Um, that kind of came about because Disneyland had Disney had collaborated with us on Haunted Mansion movie to do some grassroots promotion. And they actually came and said, um, you know, do you have anything pirates going? Because we're going to have this pirates movie um, that we're working on, too. And um, I had kind of thrown, I, I kind of saw that come. Actually, I take that back. They did come to us. But before that, I, you know, people had heard about, oh, they're going to make a pirates movie. Yeah. And when I knew that was going to happen is when I started telling tales. Because I just thought, yeah, you know, it's, pirates is going to become a thing, too. So let's have a website to celebrate it. And, and then Disney... Um, did some promotion with that too a little bit but the pirates story i don't find as compelling as the haunted mansion's story in terms of history um, not the movies <clears throat> not the movies but the, but the physical right the itself. actual attractions yeah so you know so that website is not really the same as doom muggies there's some trivia and some pictures and stuff but it's doom muggies is a just a big repository like a library of haunted mansion history and uh, townhotels.com is just more of a celebration. Yeah, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean about not having such a storied past because uh, a lot of what I learned about the Haunted Mansion I learned from Dubai's and I learned from your book, the unauthorized version or the unauthorized story, story yeah. of the Haunted Mansion, <laughs> <clears throat> which is now uh, in a new printing with Theme Park Press, correct? Yes, so uh, my book. Yeah, the, the unauthorized story of Walt Disney's Haunted Mansion is um, now published by... Well, it's actually, I should say, I, I've been selling a book for years. It's kind of a convention book that I wrote um, for my first convention I ever did. And um, I've been updating it slightly over the years, but this really is a new book. It's three times as long. That other book is more of a walk through the ride with a little bit of history thrown in. And this book has that, but then it has a whole longer history section uh, right. that really talks and I did interviews with Imagineers and a lot of research and it's a really a, it's really a different book so uh, yeah I, I really like that uh, Raleigh Crump himself actually read your book and said wow even I learned things yeah. <laughs> about you know the building of the mansion that I didn't know and I was involved in the project yeah I, I thought that was pretty funny too you know he's uh, a really straight shooting guy you know and I think part of the deal was most of the Imagineers didn't really know what all was going on through because there was 10 12 years of stuff going on you know and like this person would do this little bit and then they kind of all would say oh let's have someone else work on this and you know so they didn't really that was part of the problem no i don't know if you want to call it a problem well i guess it was a problem part of the problem with the development of the haunted mansion is that um it was it was um fits and starts and um People didn't really collaborate a lot. Um, so, yeah, it's not surprising. But it was kind of cool that Rolly came right out and said, wow, I didn't even know some of this stuff. Yeah, when I read that when I read that statement in the book, it, it made me chuckle because I thought, how, how could you not know what's going on? But yeah. uh, I guess the old adage or the old saying, you know, for business that the right hand doesn't talk to the left hand yeah. was very much in play when it comes to something like this. And with so many people that were going in and out of the project, you know, especially after Walt passed away, all the conflicting ideas about yeah. what the mansion should be, what it should have been, what Walt would have enjoyed, stuff like that, uh, made it difficult for anybody to even know where should we go with this project. Yeah, yeah. Well, Walt would, um, you know, he would have people try stuff, and then he would kind of yes it or no it, you know. And he, by the time the Haunted Mansion came around... Um, you know, he started that, and he started Ken Anderson on it, and then he kind of started 
Rolly Crump and yell Gracie on it because it wasn't really going where he wanted with Ken Anderson. But then he, he got the idea to do the World's Fair, and that kind of took over. And so he kind of lost his emphasis on Lana Mansion for a while there. And then after that, um, the World's Fair, some people believe Walt was kind of testing his ideas for Walt Disney World. Like, can we really take these attractions and these ideas and move them out of Disneyland, move them across the country? Will the country come and, you know, you know enjoy this stuff? So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there was the focus was pretty much off the mansion from that point on. So... You know, even in the in 1965, there was a television special about Disneyland, um, the Tencennial, and they Walt brought Mark Davis and Rolly Crump on the screen to talk about the Haunted Mansion, and he didn't even really remember what it's called. You know, he's, he was talking to Mark Davis, and he's like, "The Haunted, the Haunted House, the Haunted House, yeah, the Ghost." And I don't remember exactly, but Mark says, "Oh, it's Haunted Mansion." <laughs> he says, "Oh, Haunted Mansion," and then he's talking to Rolly, and he says, "The what is it?" The House of the Strange, that's, and he's like Museum of the Weird. Yeah, Museum of the Weird. So, so you know, by that time he was fully in Epcot and Walt Disney World. And, uh, the Haunted Mansion was not top of his mind mind anymore. Okay, so uh, yeah, so you know, that doing the, I think when I was researching the book, um, I knew all the little stories, you know, from all the different Imagineers, but. Um, even for myself, I hadn't quite put the puzzle together to really feel this, the timeline make a, make as much sense as it really finally does for for me, you know. Um, and when once you kind of see that that how it all worked together and how where Walt came in and was influential and then wasn't influential, it really makes the Haunted Mansion story a lot more um, intriguing, you yeah. know, because there's a lot of disagreement and conf- conflict and. Mark Davis pretty much doesn't really like the Haunted Mansion, or didn't really like the Haunted Mansion as it kind of ended up. He liked bits and parts of it, you know, but... So, it's just uh, really kind of an interesting story. You said Mark Davis didn't like how it turned out? Not... Well, I mean, it's hard to say, because sometimes he'd say complimentary things, but it's hard to tell if he was talking to his fans and trying to be supportive, but... Uh, Alice has come out and said, yeah, he wasn't so sure about all this and that. And I mean, he's been quoted in a f- couple interviews of saying, as saying there were too many cooks in the kitchen and uh, just too many um, directors, art directors, trying to put their ideas together. And where, you know, the, the point being that Walt was always the ultimate, like, well, let's do this. We'll take this one and we'll go forward with that. And when he wasn't there, it was difficult. So let me ask you this. Considering everything that you've learned about the Haunted Mansion, now that you have more pieces of that entire puzzle, if you could, if you in your mind could imagine where you think the mansion would have originally gone, knowing where Walt wanted it to start, uh, at the beginning of the book you talk a little bit about Walt's history and how he would go to different um, like carnivals and different theme parks and the... The constant was when he was coming up with either Mickey Mouse Park or Disneyland, there was always that idea of this ghost house or this, you know, spook house, whatever he wanted to put together. Knowing where that came from, and I forget the name of the the mansion, but it was the grandmother of one of his friends. Oh, yeah, the Sour Castle. Yes, so yeah. uh, knowing kind of the history of that and how that possibly influenced the story of the mansion, where do you think the actual story may have been going 
<laughs> well, that's the million dollar question. That's totally speculation because no one no one knows. Right, right. You know? so, but I would you know I would guess. Um, I think Walt might have had a bit of a story in there. Mark Davis has been has said we we figured out that we can't tell stories in attractions. Um, he said that in a couple different ways, and it's interesting because most Imagineers really talk about the story as the bedrock of everything. And I don't. I think what he was trying to say is we can't really describe a plot in in a series of scenes. It's more like we can give you an idea of what people are thinking when you walk by and see their situation. Right. So um, I think. I think the mansion as it exists doesn't have a lot of plots. And I think Walt might have... Because Ken Anderson really tried to tell a story in there. You know, with It was kind of convoluted, but there was... Um, you know, you started out with a tour guide, and then he got taken away, and you ended up getting led through the house in a different way. You know, kind of like the great movie ride at Walt Disney World. You know, it was kind of a involved situation. And... Um, Walt didn't, you know, that didn't really fly with Walt, but but at least kind of gives you an idea of maybe their initial conversations were, well, why don't you try to, you know, tell tell us the story of this house and, you know, I don't we don't have a lot of recorded history of Walt saying um, what he liked about the things they were doing, other than interestingly the Museum of the Weird Weird Stuff, like <clears throat> we have Rolly saying, yeah, Walt told me. Oh, man, I, I don't know what to do with it, but I really like this stuff. And that was um, when Rolly was trying to break away from the, the cliches, like the bats and the ghosts and the spider webs and the witches on brooms and, you know, trying to bring some just kind of surreal things into the Haunted Mansion. So we can get, get an idea that Walt might have wanted a little bit more, you know, intrigue. Um... But, you know, like I say, it's kind of hard to say what he was really looking for. It's kind of like it's kind of like he had some ideas. Um, and even for him, maybe, you know, maybe he would suggest things and they would try them and he wasn't really sure, you know. A lot of what Yale Gracie and Roy Crump did ended up in the Haunted Mansion, so he must have enjoyed seeing their special effects put, to, put together and demonstrated because they built a lot of them in sound stages at the studio and he could go in and walk through them and you know check it out so um, I think it's safe to say a lot of what's in there he probably approved you know because Mark Davis was working on the stretching portraits and the changing portraits while Walt was alive and they were on the television show you know when Walt said show us some of the things we're working on for the haunted house so um, yeah I think I think a lot of what's in there he liked I don't know that I don't know that they ever solved that problem. I don't. I think that was the key. Like no one knew what was Walt trying to do here, so they ended up just putting it all together. And Exitensio said, "Well, I'll write a story that ties it all together." And there it is. And that's that's what you got, you know. And, and people love it today because it has so many different art directors' touches in there. You know, it's um, kind of amazing how you know you have really funny stuff from Mark Davis and creepy things from Claude Coates and weird stuff from Rolly Crump and amazing things from Gail Gracie and, you know it all kind of it works um, it, at least looking back you know 40 years in the, in, in the future you know we see it and we say wow this is great it has a little bit of everything and it's really cool and, but I don't know that the Imagineers were really so convinced that they were coming up with the best solution you know 
I think they felt like, well, we all have our strong ideas about this, and let's put it all together and see what we got. Now, uh, I think it's, you know, we, we talked about uh, the Haunted Mansion really early on, I think like episode 7 or episode 8 of, of our podcast, and um, I, I learned a lot just kind of scourging through your website, and when I started researching some of the other mansions, I think it was Paris that has a completely different storyline, it, it doesn't even match up to this one, but... Do you feel that every mansion that's come up has kind of been an opportunity for the Imagineers to say, we really like this original idea, let's kind of add a little bit of that to this new mansion? Because it feels like the one in Florida has some really cool stuff that would have been really nice here, but there just isn't the space for it. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. You know, Imagineering, there's Florida and there's Burbank and... Um, I think, you know, the headquarters, or Glendale. I mean, and the headquarters is in Glendale. But, I mean, I, they, the two parks have different things going on. And the Haunted Mansion um, work that's done in Orlando is done for that park, you know. And it's some of the things come back and forth. And, you know, um, but I, I don't know. I think they, you know, the time was right for them to work on that attraction. And, you know, out here we had the holiday thing going on every year, but... Over there, they decided to kind of add some... They have a little more space, like you said, so they could add a couple different scenes and just kind of come up with some cool new stuff. And It's definitely more technologically um, advanced out there, the audio especially, and um, they have some digital stuff going on with the hitchhiking ghosts at the end. And So, um, you know, I, I honestly don't, don't really know, like, how Imagineering exactly works in the sense of, you know who gets what attention and why and when but I I do think um, I think Tokyo Disneyland and Orlando basically started from the same baseline and then they're just kind of going off in their own kind of different directions you know Orlando I mean Tokyo also has the Haunted Mansion holiday but it's Haunted Mansion is more like Orlando's so it's slightly different than Disneyland's and um, Orlando has all the cool new effects you know so you know it's um but they're essentially the same. You know, you're talking about Paris, and that's, it is radically different. And yet it's very similar. Like, there's still Madame Leota. That, you know, there's still all the scenes, but they dress it with a definite storyline, getting right. back to, like, the, the idea of let's put a story behind everything. So Disneyland Paris was kind of, um, Tony Baxter was very influential in the development of that park, and he's a, a big proponent of storytelling, and so Phantom Matter has a story. You know, it's a story of... Um, the bride, you could take the bride out of the attic and just put her in the whole haunted mansion, and she, um, some type of either her groom or some phantom seems to haunt her or kill her. I'm not exactly sure, you know. Yeah. I don't even know if they make it totally 100% plain, but um, there's a story in there. But it's still, yeah, you still go through the graveyard, and then there's kind of a western town they've added there, like an old ghost town. And, um, so it's similar. And, you know, some of the molds are the same. They still have the Hatbox Ghost head in there a lot of places, you know. and um, which, which I want to talk about a little bit. Yeah, we, we talk about that. So. But, um, you know, but it's very different, too. So um, I will say that the western portion of that ride was a little confusing when I was watching the ride-through. Because I went on YouTube, and, you know, yeah. I love seeing ride-throughs for stuff that I, I'm not able to go to. And that was just confusing. I mean, <laughs> I will say that it has a beautiful soundtrack yeah the the music composed for for paris 
I think is one of the best scores that they've made for any of the matches. Yeah, that's... And that's a very strong statement considering <laughs> how Grim Grinning Ghosts and um, the uh, it's Overworldly Concerto is what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, so I know how popular those are and how embedded in people's psyche they are. But I think the Phantom Manor one is just such a ridiculously beautiful score. Yeah, well, I mean, it is Buddy Baker's music. Um, it's just orchestrated to the extreme. John Debney did that. He also did the, oh, lots of soundtracks, some Disney stuff, and Passion of the Christ he did. I think he's been nominated for Oscars, so he's in a definitely an award-winning film scorer. And he, um, yeah, he did a yeoman's job on that, taking Buddy Baker's simple, you know, it's a simple da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and he turned it into this amazing... I love it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because in that Haunted Mansion, in, in the Haunted Mansion here, like, the score is only done, like, as if the Haunted House was actually doing it. Like, the organ in the parlor, someone could be playing that. Like, it's you know? echoing through the house, yeah. basically. And then in the in the uh, loading zone, it's just the wind, you know? And then in Leota's chamber, it's these instruments floating in the sky, and the, the ballroom is the organist. And then in the graveyard, there's a band, right? So everywhere you can see someone making the music. Phantom Manor, it's just in the air. Like, it's just this big orchestra. Like, there's not an orchestra following you around. You know, it's just... Or isn't there. <laughs> After all, they do follow you home. They, I, I hadn't considered that fully. You could be onto something. But, I, you know, I'm going to say, you know, they kind of just abandoned the thought that we have to explain why you're hearing this stuff. And they just went more cinematic. Like, this is a movie you're in, right? You know, and here's the soundtrack. I think sometimes that's the best way to tell a story, too. I think sometimes you don't really have to explain where everything is coming from. As long as you're able to suspend your disbelief enough to enjoy what you're going through, yeah. you don't really need to have everything explained to you. Yeah. And I think it's one of the best experiences you can have. Yeah. So, cool. Uh, now, I know you, on DoomBuggies.com, I actually saw kind of a... I don't want to say it wasn't necessarily a blueprint, but kind of a schematic of how the floors are laid out and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, knowing you've been to the one in Florida. Yeah. Correct? Okay. I- I've never been there before. I've seen the ride-throughs and stuff like that. Do you think some of the effects that they have in Florida or some new effects could ever be brought to the mansion and still keep it true to what it is right now without angering the Super Haunted Mansion <laughs> fan? Some of them, sure, because some of the some of the things in Florida, everyone agrees, were amazing additions. Like, there's one part in the Haunted Mansion in Florida where you're going um, towards the corridor of demonized doors, I guess is the official term, and, um, you know, there's the wallpaper with eyes in it, right? Well, on your way there, you pass through this pitch black corridor, and you start seeing these eyes blinking and winking, and it turns out that it's the wallpaper, as you you know, as you move in, you realize that's those eyes are belong to the wallpaper. Um, everyone pretty much agrees that was an amazing addition, and they could do that at Disneyland, possibly. I mean, it is a space thing. Uh, Florida's is a little bit more, um, a little bit longer track, and there's there's a one there's another room in there, but it's, it's very similar. The audio effects in the stretching galleries in Florida are incredible. Um, I think Disneyland just added a new stretching sound to the gallery with this reason. I think they did. The, the cracking noise? Well, when when you are stretching now, you hear this... Yeah, the, the, like the yeah. weird crackling yeah. sound. Yeah. yeah. I remember hearing that the last time I was on the ride. Uh, I recently came to the park and rode on it seven or eight times right after yeah. each other. 
which I will say one of the coolest experiences I had on the mansion was that day because I had never continuously been on the ride and that day one of the cast members said um you seem to be riding this a lot do you just want to stay on the ride at the end I said yes yeah. I do <laughs> and so at the end I got to go through go the back back, yeah. uh, back portion and then yeah. I got to come down the banister yeah. and it was one of the coolest experiences <laughs> I've ever had on that ride it is cool I've done that once um, because sometimes if you're with someone that's disabled they have to do it a different way but yeah yeah that's that's cool but they yeah, like to do I, that. I was so psyched to have that happen I, I try to get my camera out in time and take a little video and I got just enough so that you can see that I'm coming down the little banister part that's cool but oh man total highlight of the haunted mansion for me yeah i mean it's rare to be able to see something you haven't seen before right at disney and it's funny because uh, i mentioned it to a few people and they said you do know that there's paranormal activity there right i said well i didn't experience anything i saw a glowing light and a fake wall so i'm assuming it's like a break room or something but i didn't see any real ghosts no no it's really haunted so i said okay until i experience it I'm not going to vouch for it. I'm not going to say yay or nay. <laughs> yeah. But it was really cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I saw some of the effects that they had done, like with the hitchhiking ghosts and how they take off their heads and how yeah. they bounce around. And I just keep thinking, man, the mirrors are cool. And I know that it's just this old school effect. It's really uh, practical. But considering that they're already bringing some of the projection technology into other rides like Alice in Wonderland and now they're redoing Peter Pan and all that stuff thinking how much of the of the mansion can they redo keep the mansion as I don't even know what the word for it would be but as I I guess I'll say old school as possible without really having people start running around with their arms flailing yeah. like Kermit the Frog. Why did you change this? Why did you change well, this? Well, people did that when they changed the Hitchhiking Ghost in Walt Disney World. That was one of the things that did not have unanimous acclaim. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm not that overly thoroughly... When I went on it this last summer, you know, it was a little bit hazy and I didn't feel like it was a really crisp, great, sharp effect or anything, you know, so I, I'm probably not overly impressed with the with my experience with it although I've seen videos of it looking pretty cool so you know I, I don't know I don't know if it's been different or if I just perceived it different or what so but that that is people have had different opinions about that um, I will say one thing about Florida they have an extra little scene which is a pianist in the in the piano parlor kind of before you go into the corridor and they have a super, like, old school... It's like a piano, and there's a shadow of the pianist. And it's this total jerky, like, mechanical shadow of this kind of... You can tell it's like a real... It's not a digital thing. It's just some mechanical thing flipping around. It's totally car- carnival old school, which is really cool and kind of creepy. Um, Disneyland's piano player is more digital. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a projection. Fluid. Yeah. So, you know, Walt Disney World does have its kind of call-outs to the creaky old dark rides, you know. I, I will say that one of the favorite, my favorite things about seeing the one in Florida is the Escher Room. Yeah. Like, if, if we could have something like that in this mansion, I think that would just be awesome. Yeah, it's, it's like, pretty neat, yeah. Maybe even, like, when you walk in and you're getting on the Doom Buggy, instead of just seeing this big blue wall, maybe they should just do something with a projection there, considering they already put a bunch of 
you know, Nightmare Before Christmas stuff yeah. there. Maybe they can just have pieces that they assemble for that. Imagineering, if you are listening to this, please use that idea. <laughs> so, uh, uh, one of the other things I don't like here is when you look at Leota's face, the projection for Leota's face is just so well defined. It looks, it looks like it's curved properly and everything, but then you look at Constance's face and she just looks like this weird plastic surgery thing gone wrong. <laughs> well, it's where, like projected, I, I don't, it's projected over the veil, right? So it's just like falls yeah. on this weird flat veil. Yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't look very good, so please correct that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Dan Olson, who runs an, a blog called The Long Forgotten Blog, it's about the Haunted Mansion, he, he's guessing that the there may be some changes in store for Constance when they make other changes in the attic, which are apparently about to happen. So um, he's hoping that they just haven't fixed it because something new is going to be happening in the attic. Yeah. So. Well, since we've gotten to that portion of the ride, uh, the buzz around the interwebs is obviously the fact that the Hatbox Ghost is possibly coming back for the 60th anniversary. <laughs> and... We talked a little bit about the Hatbox Ghost uh, in our episode of the Haunted Mansion, but uh, for fans that are just kind of joining us, you know, for you know for the first time or recently, can you tell us a little bit about who the Hatbox Ghost was, how it was developed, and kind of how it developed this crazy following? Yeah, well, I know a few people that saw the Hatbox Ghost, saw it in person, and um, they all pretty unanimously say it was extremely creepy and. Um, you know, when the, it was only there for a brief amount of time. So it's just, it's one of the ghosts of the Haunted Mansion. It was in the attic, um, an old man ghost. It was an, an old man holding a hat, hold hat box. And it was actually called Ghost with Hat Box. I don't think it was the Hat Box ghost. Somehow that got changed. <laughs> but um, that, was, that was, I'm sorry, but that was on one of the cards that um, I remember you mentioning. Tony Baxter had found a card at Imagineering. And it said Hatbox. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been called that for a long time. But I, I believe they actually, when they made the Haunted Mansion, there's some plans that say Ghost with Hatbox here. So at any rate, uh, there was a ghost with a Hatbox, the Hatbox ghost, and he um, was in the attic, and I, I guess you could say so originally, not originally, uh, from about a couple weeks after the mansion opened till a few years ago when Constance was added to the mansion, the bride used to stand on the right side of the attic before you'd go out, out the window. You'd see the bride there on your right, kind of with her heart beating. And at various times, she was, her face was dark or her face was blue or she had kind of hidden features or crazy features and crazy hair. She changed a little bit over the years, but always a bride with beating, glowing heart. So when they... Where she stood there is where the hatbox ghost was approximately. And the original bride was across the, the way, not where Constance is, but more where the piano player is now. So um, you'd come in and you'd kind of... The attic was a lot more um, sparse and dark. It wasn't full of junk and it wasn't full of, you know, old lamps and things. It was just... I think there might have been like an old fence and some boxes. I think there might have been even threads hanging from the the ceiling, so you felt like you were in cobwebs, you know. And you'd go through, and um, you'd hear this boom, 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 boom. And then on the left, you'd see this bride. And originally, her face was kind of like a skull, and she had this transparent veil, and her like old hand would hold up these 
these uh, flowers and raise them and, and lower them, and her heart would glow red. So it was a little more creepy, you know, than the bride that we kind of got to know. And then you'd kind of move past her, and on your right, you'd pass this other old man who was obviously connected to this bride. You know, it kind of told the story of, well, why is she here kind of old and dead and holding these old flowers? Well, well, here's her old dead man. And what happened to him? Well, his head would disappear, and in the hat box it would start glow inside there. His head would glow, and then it would fade out, and his head would reappear Up in, in plan. That's what would happen. I don't think that ever worked. I don't know. You know, most people, or at least one person that I, Dan Olson, I'll say his name, he, he remembers it not being, like, just seeing both heads, so he believes that it hardly worked at all, and they just never really tried it. They might have just turned them on and left while it was in there it might have just been lit so you could see you know and um mark davis designed the hatbox ghost he's, there's lots of sketches that he's done on the hatbox ghost and I, apparently he's the one that decided this since it's not working we got to get rid of this ghost and the hatbox ghost was not like a full-fledged audio animatronic it was a hand mold an old gnarled hand holding a cane and um a head that they use in the Haunted Mansion for the tall hitchhiking ghost and some of the pictures. It's, it's in there in various places. A head that had a gold tooth and kind of scraggly hair. And the rest of it was kind of on an armature, metal armature, that didn't do anything other than frame, you know, make it's the frame. Framework, yeah. And I think, I don't even think they made a, a, a plastic body. I think they just kind of formed his body by wrapping up plastic or you know some kind of and then they put a transparent overcoat over him so it was really creepy but it was not um really an audio the only part of it that was animatronic was there was a little motor under the bottom of the cane that would make the cane shake and so it would make his hand shake like it was trembling on top of the cane so that's the hatbox ghost it was um it was in the Haunted Mansion for a few weeks, probably after it was open. Um, Dan remembers seeing it a week to the day after it opened, and he says the light was always on. It didn't blink back and forth. Um, I have a photo on Doom Buggies, the only photo that exists that we know of of the Hatbox Ghost in the Haunted Mansion, um, and it's um, a snapshot someone took, you know. And uh, So there's some proof that someone from the public wrote it and saw right. it. And then um, the Disney History Institute, which is another fine um, organization of people. You can find them on Facebook or on the web. But they, um, a couple of years ago, published, like, they were just randomly going through some films from 1969. And one of them rides through the Haunted Mansion. And they can, you know, they kind of have to point it out carefully because it's very dark in the attic and you can't really see anything. But when you know that that's where the Hatbox Ghost was, you can kind of tell when the camera goes by oh, there it is there's the hatbox ghost oh, okay. so so there's a film of it and there's a photo of it so there's proof that it was there for a brief amount of time but and where is this film i've, I've actually never seen that that's, that's yeah it's cool. just google disney history institute and hatbox ghost and it'll come up we have some very happy people behind us i know they, they, just, they just spiked my my audio bars and i think they just blew out one of my ears I have I have headphones on as I'm monitoring the audio, and let me tell you, that was very loud. <laughs> they are very excited. <laughs> They're happy over there. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have to try to find that, and, and I'll try to put it up on the post for this. Yeah. It'll, it'll definitely be something I think people want to see. So. Yeah. Um, so considering that there's 
you know, uh, back in 2013 at the D23 Expo, <clears throat> Imagineering did this really cool pavilion where you were able to talk to a lot of the Imagineers and you were able to see some of the things that they had been working on, some of the concept art and some of the uh, prototypes for a lot of things. There was a lot of stuff there. Uh, it wasn't for Phantom Manor. It was for... Uh, Mystic Manor. Mystic Manor, yeah. yeah. That was really cool to see. Yeah. But I remember in that pavilion, they had... There goes that laughing again. <laughs> yeah. They are having so much fun over there. Uh, I remember they had this animatronic that they happened to dress like the Handbox Ghost. Yeah. And... I know the interwebs went hysterical with that. <laughs> the Hatbox Ghost is coming back. The Hatbox Ghost is coming back. Yeah. And I can only imagine, I think in one of our recent episodes, I mentioned that it almost seems like it was a test on, on Disney's behalf to see what the interest was to see to bring him back. Because it just, it, it feels like since that expo, there's just been so much more Hatbox Ghost news. And now this this rumor that it's coming back and then the change in the mansion with this cool new lenticular with the bad stanchion on it and that's where it's possibly going to go, rumor. You know, what do you think about all of this? Wow, that's a lot of stuff. The D23 Expo, I, I mean, I point blank asked the guy and the imaginer I talked to said, nah, this is just a... They were just trying to demonstrate how you program animatronics. And they, they stuck on a, hap, a, a hitchhiking ghost head because people think it's cool. Right. And I, I think we may have talked to the same person because I got a very similar answer. And I think I was told that it was like an old Lincoln body. Yeah. And they just put like a hitchhiking ghost head on it. But yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Uh, so I, I wouldn't... You know, it kind of looks cool in, in out of context in the, in the expo, right? But that guy looks a little bit more like the Phantom Manor Phantom than the ha- the Hatbox Ghost. He was holding, I think, a, was he holding a Hatbox? Oh, he was holding a cane. cane. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't even holding a Hatbox. So, I, you know, <laughs> that's not really the Hatbox Ghost. I mean, the Hatbox Ghost was an old, crumpled man, you know, with bedraggled hair. Not a majestic phantom with a cape, and, you know. Um, and I think people, like, they can do whatever they want. But I think um, they will try to pay pretty a pretty good homage to the original Hatbox Ghost with whatever they do because that's what people have fallen in love with and uh, I wouldn't expect to see a big fancy audio, audio animatronic in there I would expect to see something more based on some more modern special effects that's what I would expect to see so if they did add something, your speculation is that it's going to be almost not necessarily a projection, but something along those lines where they're using some new tech to really bring yeah. forth this Yeah, I mean, I, sus- I suspect there'll be an actual character of some sort, like Constance is an actual right. body. But I think the magic will not be physical, you know, and I don't think it'll be... It might be an animated... Fi- it might be an outer animatronic. I don't... Honestly, I don't know. I mean, you know, I've heard this and that, but I, I don't know. So I... Uh, I'm waiting to see what the rest of you. I, I mean, from what I understand, we may, you may not even get this podcast out before people know, right? What, right. <laughs> what it is. So we may be talking in the dark here, and your listeners may not be in the dark. But, but until then, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I do know that um, the attic was a little too light to add the haunted mansion. Um, I mean, the hatbox goes back in there because there's so many projections in there. There's constants, but every one of those. Um, f- frames that, that loses a head, you, you know, frame pictures is some type of digital projection. Yeah. It used to be pitched almost like you couldn't see the corners of the attic, 
but now you can see every corner very clearly so there's too much so I wasn't sure what they were going to do there so it's very interesting that they kind of built an extension out out kind of towards the, the graveyard um, basically an extension to the attic so yeah I'm just as curious as everyone else uh, I'm really looking forward to it you know well if they do happen to add it, I will say that I'm going to look forward to you adding a new section to your book because now it's no longer going to be speculation if they do happen to do that. Yeah, so yeah. That'll definitely be fun. Yeah, yeah. My, my brother had the horrendous idea of saying that, and, and he tried to launch this as a hashtag in a recent episode. He said, look, if Disney really wants to to expand the folklore of the Hatbox Ghost, they should release him for a week or maybe even one day. And just if you happen to see him in that one day, then great. And then they remove him. Yeah. And if you got a picture, great. And if you didn't, well, too bad. Yeah. It's like, that is the worst idea I've ever heard. What if you turned out to be going on the day that the Hatbox Ghost was no longer there? He said, yeah. well, too bad for me then. Well. You know, I, I, like, the, I, I like what the idea behind that but I would be so upset if I didn't wasn't able to see it in well, person. Well, that's how I feel. Yeah, I know. Like, if I didn't get a chance to but see it... it but I having would. said that, I do... I mean, <laughs> like, how do you capture... Like, they will never be able to recapture this thing they have going, yeah. which is the an actual ghost in the Haunted Mansion. Like, there used to be a Hatbox ghost, but where is he? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Everyone talks about him. You know, everyone knows what he looks like, but it's, it's almost like a real ghost. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And they won't have that anymore. So they are trading something for something else but you know little changes to everything i'm a proponent of change good changes (laughs) i'm a not a proponent of bad changes (laughs) i I (laughs) but we all are (laughs) but um you know having said that i i'm looking forward to i think it's going to be cool like just another cool thing you know and i think the fans are going to be pretty happy with what they do and the question remains is he the 1000th punk or is one leaving? He is the 1,001st haunt because they already named a 1,000th haunt back in... Wait, but was that one of the contest winners? Yeah, yeah, did? yeah. Oh, okay. They had a some a, a doctor or a dentist or a doctor won or the auction to get himself named the 1,000th ghost. Boo! <laughs> so, unfortunately, we already have a 1,000th ghost. Boo! <laughs> well, that just exploded in my brain. <laughs> That's gone. Yeah, um, but I mean, you know, they still market it as 999 ghosts. So I'm, I'm going to say they kicked out one of the unruly tenants that hasn't been paying their rent, and he's still 999th. So there's always going to be room for one more. You know what? There's there's a couple extra holes in the graveyard now. Yeah. Maybe they just escaped. They do follow you home after all. Yeah, that's so right. There you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about some of the changes that are coming I know that in the last few weeks, people have just gone crazy looking at that cool lenticular and just yeah. <laughs> speculation has just gone nuts. And we play along with it. I mean, yeah. I keep posting pictures of it or yeah. these little things off the Disney blog. And I'll, I'll just put captions like TikTok, TikTok. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. I go nuts because I'm such a fan. But yeah. I think yeah. you're right. I think they, they're giving something up that has been around for so long that it... it I hope it turns out to be one of those things where you feel that what was delivered is gratifying enough that you can live with the fact that the folklore has just been yeah. obliterated. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. So, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So, uh, you know, I actually 
knew about you not not as much from Doom Buggies, but originally I found out about you through your Nostalgia podcast. Yeah. And Nostalgia was actually the second podcast I ever started listening to. Wow. Yeah. I Back in 2006, uh, I purchased this predecessor to what are now the iPod touches and yeah. like iPhones and stuff. It was like a, this thing called the Creative Zen Vision. And I was able, at the time, I didn't have anything like iTunes or anything to just download, but I, I was able to find things to listen to. And, and at that point, the very first thing I uh, started listening to was This Week in Tech. Okay. I'm a big technology freak, so I yeah. started listening to the Twit podcast. Uh, a year or two later, I got my my first ever iPod Touch. And uh, I, I had, I think I had a Blackberry. I was one of those people. <laughs> and when I finally knew what iTunes was and had the iPod Touch, I started searching for Disney and a bunch of other things that I was interested in. You guys were like the top thing for Disneyland. Yeah. There was a, a bunch of stuff for Walt Disney World. Yeah. And uh, I tried listening to it. And because I've never gone to Disney World or don't live out there, it was difficult for me to listen. But I really enjoyed what you guys were putting out. And I think you guys were only a year and a yeah. half old at that point. Yeah. But I've I can say that I think I've I've grown old with you guys almost, <laughs> and I've been enjoying you guys ever since. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you started Nostalgia, and a little bit about the what the podcast is. Sure. Yeah. Well, Nostalgia uh, is uh, four of us. It's uh, our host is named Dave, and his wife Becky, and they are uh, two of the two of the co-hosts, and myself, and then my friend Kristen, and uh, she lives in uh, Seattle. The rest of us record locally together in a around a kitchen table so um, we do it live and uh, you know I Doom Buggies the movie the Automatic movie had come out and Doom Buggies was really busy and we came down from that high a little bit and I had a 10th anniversary celebration and you know I I kind of have always had this Disneyana this love of Disney and Disney history and I I wasn't totally able to exercise it all through doom buggy so i i made up the word nostalgia and i bought the domain and i kind of kicked it around and i thought maybe about starting a blog um or something or a repository for pictures or something i wasn't exactly positive and um i lou ricky i had known since before inside the magic he does inside the magic but he was a doom buggies forum member and I remember when he started Inside the Magic and, um, you know, all of us Doom Buggies people were kind of supportive and his early listeners. And, uh, and then Lou Mangello, who does WDW Radio, also, he also wrote me an email when he was starting his podcast and said, hey, you have any tips? And, you know, so I kind of had podcasts in the back of my head, you know. And I just, one day Dave and I were going to the Maker Fair out in the Bay Area and uh, it was sold out and we couldn't get in and you know we were just kind of not sure what to do and we were tossing around ideas and I said yeah I'm thinking about starting this Disney podcast and he was like I would, I would be glad to help you with that I, you know he knows a lot about technical stuff and he had used to record bands you know so he had a mixing board and all oh, that oh that's cool yeah and he said you know I'd be glad to do you know technical stuff And but I knew he had some radio history because he had, was also a ham radio guy and I think he had done some radio in college so I said I was thinking maybe you know you could be on a mic with me 
and said, oh, well, okay. <laughs> so we didn't know how that would work. We had a few meetings and talked about it. Kristen and I had talked about nostalgia a year before that, too. We even napkined out, you know, some topic ideas and everything. But it just, we didn't have the right team. So once Dave and Becky came on board, you know, the four of us, I felt like this could work. So we started talking Disneyland with each other. And, uh, you know, we really are kind of a Disney history podcast, cleverly wrapped in a Disneyland wrapper so that we can fool people into thinking you're going to learn about your Disney trip, but you're really going to get some Disney history. Um, So we try to do a little bit of all of that stuff. You know, um, honestly, it's, you know, our tagline is Disneyland, Disney California Adventure, and anything else Disney. And so we just every week come together and talk about this week, Disney stuff that happened to us. And uh, since we're on the West Coast, a lot of times it's Disneyland. Sometimes it's movies. Um, and we also live very close to the Walt Disney Family Museum. So a lot of times we talk about what's going on over there. Um, we interview, you know, Disney legends. and You know, the podcast has grown up with us. You know, we started it and most of my audience was Doombuggies people because that's where we came from. And um, we, uh, I knew Margaret Carey, so we had her on as a guest. And, you know, we... Very lovely she is a very lovely person. I, I had a chance to meet her last year. She's yeah. a very lovely person. And, um, you know, and we would meet people doing different events and things, and um, our, our contact, you know, list grew. And uh, we've been very fortunate to talk to some really amazing people. But, you know, we try to look for things that are just kind of intriguing to us. You know, sometimes we might talk to Disney legends about working with Walt, but other times we might talk to like a cast member who used to sew the names on hats and ask her like, what was the craziest thing that ever happened to you? You know, like we just want to kind of dig around and find interesting things about Disneyland. That's what we try to do. You know, it's, it's, I, I, I have to say that I, I personally enjoy the podcast. Um, I, I don't think I'd be listening six years now, yeah. five or six years now. Yeah. If, if I didn't, a lot of what I know about the Disney company and just things that happen, uh, the history and everything, I've learned from you guys. Uh, from what I've heard, then I kind of hear, especially you say, like, oh, I read it in this book, or I, you know, I'll go searching for that book and I'll add it to my collection. And yeah. even if I can't get to it as quickly as I would have wanted, at least it's in my collection and I know that I'm going to pick that up yeah. you know, sometime in the future. Yeah. Uh, which apparently now that I started my own podcast, uh, it's starting to come in handy. Yeah. So funny yay. how that works. <laughs> so. See, that's and that's the same thing that happened to us. You know, I we we started our podcast before the Walt Disney Family Museum opened, and we were eagerly anticipating that. And we also started it before D twenty three launched, and we were eagerly anticipating that. So we kind of I don't know if we knew about D twenty three, but we knew the museum was coming. So we. You know, we had some things kind of in mind when we started. We thought, well, you know, we're, there's going to be some stuff here that we can all kind of group around and talk about and learn from. Because um, my understanding of Walt Disney the Man was certainly not fleshed out like it is now when we started the podcast. Like, I knew a few facts about Walt Disney. I knew where he was born and where he grew up and, you know, but... You really have to talk to people that knew him and worked with him to really start to get an idea of, yeah. of who he was, you yeah. know. And we've been very fortunate that we've been able to talk to many people that worked with Walt Disney and can describe him very specifically, you know. And so, um, yeah, it's 
been just as much learning for us as for our listeners. I mean, we try to portray that. We try to make it as if, because it's true, that you are actually learning this stuff along with us. You know? So, um, yeah, it's been a great, fun ride. It's been fun. Yeah, I, I love the stuff you guys do on the Disney Family Museum because I'm, I'm so far away. At yeah. it. I've, I've never been to the museum, and I want to go, but the fact that you guys cover a lot of what happens there... Uh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, I think when when it came about and the way that Diane Disney Miller, you know, really made it a point to humanize her father, uh, I think has been wonderful because I think the, the the notion of having a namesake like Walt Disney as your company head is just you 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 begin to worry if it's just going to be like a branding thing like there there are people that unfortunately don't even know that Walt Disney was an actual person they think yeah. it's just the company Disneyland Aunt Jemima or, yeah. Uh, yeah and I think the Walt Disney Family Museum is from what I've heard from you guys is doing a really good job of making sure that that doesn't happen but uh, I know with all the changes that are happening in Disneyland uh, I know it's been a concern for a lot of people that you know with the like for for instance club 33 with changing the club to what it was uh from what it was to what it is now people say that they lost Walt, you know in the transition and as beautiful as the salon is and as beautiful as the new dining area is there's there isn't Walt except for a few relics that are hanging around the yeah the, the club now i never saw the original club i was lucky enough to be invited to see the new club uh not the dining area i saw the salon but I keep hearing that a lot, and when you think about some of the rides that you know Walt had, you know some say in creating, and I guess the haunted mansion may not be one of those because you know he passed away before it was even completed. But how much of the park, you know, will we have to lose before we lose Walt? And that question was posed to me, and I think in in. A recent episode I said I don't think it's ever going to be lost because you're always going to remember that it came from this person and you're walking down Main Street and you see the firehouse and you see the flame and you see all these things you know you see the partner statue and you're always going to be reminded where it all came from the weird thing about this conversation is that um, you know Walt Disney he's dead okay so there's a natural tendency to want to memorialize Walt Disney now, Walt Disney, as a man, was not into that. Like, he wanted to jettison the stuff that didn't work and keep moving forward and try new stuff. And even the stuff that did work. Sometimes it was just time to put in something new and get rid of something else. So so you're stuck with this conundrum of, are we honoring Walt by not really doing what he would have done to Disneyland? Right. You know what I mean? So, and you know, then you have people on one extreme saying, Disneyland is not a museum, which is accurate. I mean, it has to be because it's a business and it's, you know, part of my retirement account and a lot of people's and it's not a museum and I don't want it to be a museum. Uh, But on the other hand, you know, do you want it to be like Walt Disney is Colonel Sanders? Well, Colonel Sanders was a man too, but like someone someone that was not a a real character, but just a corporate uh, logo, you know? And um, I think you're right. Like they're not going to, this company is too, um, like everything about it is too tied up in the f- foundational values of Walt 
Disney's, you know, creativity. I, I just can't see that he will ever be lost. But, you know, the thing that's also interesting about Disneyland, it is radically different now than it was in 1955. And somehow no one realizes that. Like, people come back that went in the 50s and they look around and somehow they feel like they never left. This is the same place. And it is very different. Like, especially Tomorrowland is not, it's not, nothing is the same. Frontierland, basically nothing is the same. There's still, they kind of could have eaten there where, you know, the rancho is, but it was a lot different. It wasn't a nice cafeteria area, you know. And so the Golden Horseshoe looks the same, and Tom Sawyer Island looks rough, vaguely the same, and Main Street looks the same, and the castle looks the same. So they have, you know, those landmarks that make them feel like I'm here where I remember. But at the same time, it's been radically changed. You know, someday the castle will be there, but you'll walk through and it'll be some holographic video show. And all the dark rides will be like some kind of immersive headset virtual ride. But people will still feel like, yeah, this is the Disneyland I grew up with because they just, the, the things that need to stay the same, I think they will leave the same so that you feel like this is the same place. Yeah, I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I think, what I, I guess what I'm saying is, I do think the company is imagineering. I think is treading that pretty well. Like, I think so, too. You know, like, they, they keep Walt in mind, and there's certain things that are off limits, you know, like, they're obviously not going to raise the castle. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, if something's, you know, time to go, it's time to go. And Walt Disney would have been the first one to say, Club 33 is not big enough for the people that want to be in here. You know, we got to make it work, you know. Um, so, there it is. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, glad you said that because uh, I know especially we, we, we did mention. Then <laughs> <I feel laughs> the, like, the fun continues. <laughs> I feel like there's some kind of, like, game that I know. They're, they're watching or something that we're unaware of. Um yeah, uh, I know that with Club 33, one of the comments I kept hearing was, well, they ruined the illusion because the force perspective is off and now you see people walking around and it ruins the illusion. And I get that. But like you said, Walt, you know, Walt very famously said, and, and I'm paraphrasing obviously, but, you know, he said Disneyland's never going to be finished. And by adding and removing and adding and removing and one thing people don't realize is, or they may realize and just forget is that Disneyland is a finite amount of space. There's not a lot you can do with that finite amount of space. Yeah. And you have to take things out in order to make room for other things, which, you know, you start thinking about some of the changes that are possibly coming with this whole Star Wars land thing and are they going to remove Toontown and are they not going to? And I mean, let's face it, Toontown is Toontown, but it's not as exciting as some of the other things in the park you yeah. know, if they got rid of it people would probably be upset for like a week and then they'd realize oh look Wookiees you know so I mean, I'm obviously yeah. I'm, I'm probably angry in a lot of people by saying that right now but it's true yeah it's true yeah yeah well my seven year old daughter will have issues with you to you know I, and it, but no I'm just Toontown <laughs> you know it's one of those things like what where and you know when you when you get down to it, and I think Walt Disney was this way too about certain things, not everything, but I think he would he would count the number of people that were doing something, and if it's just not getting utilized, that's just something that's on the chopping right. block, you know, and that's kind of how it is. Now, there's certain things that 
you know, this week there's been a bunch of hubbub about the flag ceremony being a little bit of it being recorded now instead of done live, which, you know, I kind of don't like, I don't kind of like, I mean, so there's this one cast member named Ernie who used to come up and like, you know, specifically go to the veterans and, you know, thank them for their service. And now they're just going to, after the ceremony, play a recorded thank you for your service. And, you know, there's something about like going to a person and Disneyland representing them in person. And, um, you know, some things like that, you wonder like, would Walt really have made that choice? I don't know. Like there was stuff that, but we, we don't know, you know? And, you know, I, it's, it's just such a dangerous game to say what would Walt have done. At some, at some, in some cases, you need to ask that question because this is Walt Disney's theme park and he's not here. So, to some degree, you have to say what would Walt have done. But to try to prove that you have the right answer is, I think, where people get into trouble. It's a great question to ask. It's just a, a bad decision to try to prove to everyone that you know the answer. So... Yeah, you can make a lot of enemies very quickly by trying to answer that and being very forceful about your answer. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I want to be very respectful of your time, and we are just over the one-hour mark. Excellent. And I can tell you that I could sit here all night and talk to you. <laughs> I think uh, I enjoyed speaking with you, and I would love to have you back on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, quick question. Do you still have that napkin? Where you started talking about nostalgia? Oh, and what it with be. Kristen. That's a great question. We may, we may have that in the archive somewhere. I don't It'd know be, for a fact. It would be a very cool memento. <laughs> it would of be what started. Something to check it out. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to talk to her about that. That's a good That'd question. Cool. So, uh, tell everybody where they can find you guys, how they can find your podcasts, and all that good stuff. Okay, all the stuff. Okay, let's rattle them off. So, nostalgia is at nostalgia.com. You can find us on Stitcher Radio or iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. Uh, we also have a Twitter, twitter.com slash nostalgia. We also have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash nostalgia. Um, so that's nostalgia. Doom Buggies is doombuggies.com. Learn everything you can about the Haunted Mansion at doombuggies.com. And I have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash doombuggies. And Twitter is doombuggies web because someone took doombuggies before I got to it. So <laughs> doombuggies web. Uh, I am followed by uh, Mr. Um, who's the Marvel guy? Who's the head cheese of Marvel? Oh, uh, you know, Feige. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he he followed me a couple. Oh, very cool. <laughs> couple weeks ago, very yeah. Cool. Kevin Feige. So, um, uh, yeah, that just popped into my head. And um, you can also buy my book, the uh, the unauthorized story of Walt Disney's haunted mansion, um, at uh, Amazon, or you can just go to doombuggies.com/book and it'll take you to the to the page. And. For people that purchase your book, are you still doing those really cool nameplates yeah. with, uh, with the uh, hat <laughs> sure, box? Sure, on sure, sure, sure. So um, I'm going to stop saying that on my podcast, but I'll say it on <laughs> yours. So if you uh, if you want, I am signing book plates because I can't really sell signed books. It's kind of against my contract. But um, if you buy a book on Amazon and you want a signed book plate, I'm sketching the hat box ghost on them. So if you want a sketch and a book plate, all you need to do is email me. Um, a copy or receipt or photo or something, you know, and I'll send you one. So you just email me at chefmayhem at aol.com and uh, yeah, I'll take care of it. Tell them you heard about it on Podcateers. That's and right. Send them a high five. That's right. And uh, before we forget to mention it, uh, you also have the Doom Buggy Spook Show. Oh, that's right. I have another podcast. Yeah, it's so. it's uh, sporadic as events occur and warrants. I put out a podcast for Doom Buggies. It's called the Doom Buggy Spook Show. 
and um, I have another one in the works right now so there should Very be one cool. coming up pretty soon but um, you can find that on iTunes or Stitcher also or, or doomogates.com Very cool Alright Pocketeers that is it for this episode uh, once again I want to thank you Jeff for yep. taking time out of your day to do this. This was very fun for me. Anytime. I hope uh, everyone else learned a little bit about the Haunted Mansion and will purchase your book because there's a lot of really cool stories in there. There's a lot of really cool facts. And uh, take advantage of this nameplate thing because he's not mentioning it on his <laughs> anymore. Tell him you heard about it here. Okay. So. All right. All right. Um, so that's it. Thanks. Uh, let's, Thanks for having uh, me. Let's go grab a drink or something. Let's do it. And until next week, guys, here is to beers, cheers, and Mickey ears. Have a great week.